Hey guys, it's Tim here with another episode of Morning Woods. Uh, we've heard from Alex, we've heard from Luke, we've heard from Michael in regards to the Cape Town incident, and I'll try and focus more on the the fallout and the press conferences that have ensued. Um, there's been so much talk from literally everyone, and it's it's hard to to read all the articles and and listen to what's being said by certain people and the rumours that have been circulating. So decided to break it up a little bit. Um, I won't go into too much detail about the incident itself. I'll try and focus on things um, moving forward. So uh, just briefly on the act itself, I mean, like, it's been discussed so much. I'm not going to point too many fingers or anything like that. But to me, it's not the first time this has happened. But... Uh, you know, this this is the most brazen attempt at ball tampering that I've ever seen. I mean, it's just not well thought out. And that's why I think there's some truth to the fact that there was a bit of emotion involved in the decision. And it's no surprise that at the forefront of the decision was David Warner, allegedly, still. We still haven't been given the exact details of what happened, and we probably never will. Um, but, you know, the... The issues with Warner and DeCock, the whole Sonny Bill fans, um, you know, dressing up with the masks and things like that, you know, I, it just seems like a man who has just absolutely lost his mind. So, you know, that's that's a bit hard. Like it's a, <clears throat> I don't want to, you know, say oh, there's other other factors at play because it was stupid and blah blah. But I think there may have been, um, and. You know, for people to say, oh, Bancroft was bullied. Well, Bancroft's a grown man. You know, he can make his own decisions. So I don't I don't know if that's um, people using that as an excuse for him. I don't, I don't agree with that because, you know, he's got his own morals and own integrity. So he should have known better and should have nipped it in the butt there. But ultimately, the, you know, the buck stops with the captain. And now we've seen the coach resign as well. Um, but for me... In terms of the act, I don't know what was worse, the act itself or that Smith sat by and let it happen. Uh, that, to me, they're on the same level and that's why I believe they've been punished. Um, while Steve Smith's been punished um, even greater than um, Bancroft, who performed the uh, terrible act. So I'll leave it at that. Now, the outrage that ensued... A lot of people were were surprised, and a lot of people who are cricketers, um, you know, that I've seen on Facebook, even a lot of cricketers have come out and said, "Look, it's not actually that bad." Um, you know, we've seen this all before. The current South African captain, uh, you know, has been charged with ball tampering, um, but you know, the difference is he denied it, whereas Smith has come out, you know, and admitted fault and admitted premeditation. Um, <clears throat> So that's one factor in why it's so outrageous. The other factor is, you know, we we are a cricketing nation. Australia loves cricket. Everyone has some feeling to cricket and about cricket, and that's why it matters so much to us. I couldn't think of a summer holiday where I ha- some of my best memories aren't revolved around cricket. And I know a lot, a lot of listeners and a lot of Australians um, have those same sorts of memories as kids growing up. 
you know, watching cricket at the game with their parents or friends or, you know, watching it at home on TV, um, you know, staying up late to watch watch Ashes series, um, you know, playing cricket, playing backyard cricket with your mates, playing, uh, you know, on the beach, some of Australia's greatest, you know, pastimes, for use of a better word, um, revolve around this sport. And so I think that's why everyone has such a strong uh, opinion about it because they feel like cricket's a part of them and a part of this country. So I, I was initially shocked at everyone blowing up um, because I didn't think it would get this bad, but knowing why or seeing how much it means to everyone, uh, you can you can tell that it was a very important issue to this country. So in terms of the integrity of the game, I mean, again, it's not the first time this has happened. Like, we've seen the current South African captain being charged with ball tampering. So that's, that's, it's hard to say that the integrity of cricket is completely damaged because it's not the first time, pardon me, some of the greatest cricketers of all time have been charged with ball tampering. Sachin Tandilkar, Rahul Dravid, you know, Michael Atherton, these people have been charged with ball tampering. So, you know, and they've come and they've had successful careers. It's just the fact that here in Australia, we hold ourselves to some sort of higher moral, you know, stability or higher moral society, whether that's right or wrong, that's not for me to judge, but that's the difference at play here. One of the big ironies for me is the fact that Smith and Warner got banned from the IPL now look, I get that they have to, you know, show face and say, oh, like you know, we're not we're not about these people with low integrity and all that sort of stuff. But for fuck's sake, like Rajasthan Royals, they got booted out for like heavy corruption and shit like that. This is the most corrupt competition in the history of cricket, and they're saying two blokes who didn't actually perform the act of ball tampering aren't allowed to play. Like shit. I mean. I uh, that that angers me I think the most out of out of the whole situation. Um I get why they're doing it but don't come out and say, you know, we we come we expect a higher, you know, moral, you know, uh teammate and captain and blah blah. It's like bullshit, man. The whole thing's fucked over there, so why not let them play? Um <clears throat> and I mean the ICC have only banned them for one game. So I mean, how serious is this this you know, they're saying this is a one-game um, ban, but uh, we as a country have decided to get rid of our best test player possibly ever since Bradman, who, who's not even in his prime. We're getting rid of him for a year, which was arguably going to be set up to be the best year of his life, the best two years of his cricketing career. So, you know, inconsistencies there from the ICC. Um, again, not, you know, this the whole thing is just... It just doesn't make sense for me that the the disparaging differences between the ICC and Cricket Australia um really really grinds my gears. I think ICC should have come down harder um regardless of knowing if Cricket Australia was going to um lay on more sanctions to the players involved. Um which leads me perfectly into the overcorrection. Now at Sporting Woods, we, and particularly Alex, but I think we're all in agreement. The direction of Creed Australia from the top 
particularly James Sutherland and high-performance manager Pat Howard, who doesn't even seem to exist at this point, um, have been under the pump a lot in the last two years. You know, there's been a lot of dramas, a lot of selection issues, the whole Hobart test against South Africa. That was only 18 months ago. It feels like a lifetime ago there's been so many issues. Um, you know, selection issues, saying we're going to pick Hanson, Maddinson and Renshaw and stick with them and then within 12 months they're all gone. You know, just shit like that just really, you know, puts puts people under unnecessary pressures and... You know, this is this is the ultimate test for them. Uh, James Sutherland came out and said, well, it was more what he didn't say in his first conference. Uh, you know, he was being hounded by the media to say the words cheating. And look, I think, I think everyone needs to take a step back because particularly in that instance, I wasn't, I was okay with what he said and what he didn't say because if the CEO of Crude Australia opens himself up and says, we have cheated. That, that, that is opening Pandora's box that, you know, creates even more panic and stuff. And I think, you know, we're talking about sponsorship losses, which admittedly have already happened. But at the time, you know, they were still holding on to a lot of sponsorships that were just waiting to see what was going to happen. Um, I think there had to be lawyers in the background in the in the room before Sutherland came out and said, look, you can say this, you can't say that, you can do this, you can't say that, we need to keep these people happy, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to say that I feel for him, but I say I can understand why he didn't use the word cheating in his first, um, in his first uh, sort of press conference. But then the outpour of just rage from, you know, the media and Australia, he's gone the complete opposite and he's overcorrected in my opinion, to these ridiculous sanctions um, put on these three players. So, I just, I don't know, it just really, it really annoys me because I think he's tried, you know, he's looking at the the game at the moment where, you know, the t- is the TV money being used correctly? A lot of people say it's not. Is grassroots cricket really struggling? You know, we've got struggling grade competitions um, in the major cities. Grassroots cricket out in the country is just falling off a cliff, you know. And I think they felt pressure to make a definitive stance given all the uh, the media outrage. So um, I don't I don't agree with the uh, with the bans, um, but I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so I'll, this is a bit I'll try and focus a bit more on. Um, so I sat on my couch uh, waiting for these two press conferences and I like I just was so heartbroken because they like everyone knows they did wrong. That's not up for dispute. It's just the fact that they've had to front this absolute wave and rightly so because, you know, the country demands answers from these people and, you know, they need to... They needed to do this so that they can begin the road to redemptions. They can begin to heal. The country can begin to move on. So I think it was highly admirable of these players at their worst possible moments in their entire lives to come out and front the media and tell the nation that they're sorry. Hats off to them shows a lot about their character. People may judge them 
for their entire lives on the act itself. But watching those interviews live, seeing how broken these gentlemen were, makes me realize that they're bigger people and they're going to be better for this incident and moving forward. So I'm really proud of what they've done as an Australian to come out and say, look, I'm going to own what I've done and it's not acceptable and I'm going to do all that I can to restore faith in this nation's, uh, in this nation. So hats off to them. Um, and I think everyone who watched it live um, got that same sort of feeling. These were two shattered human beings and it humanizes them. We, we adore these players and Steve Smith and even Bancroft, you know, have a lot of heroes. Bancroft's a WA institution over there. And I really hope that now that it's all come out and just everything that was said was very genuine. And I hope that we can move forward. And, and most importantly, we let these players attempt to move forward. Uh, for me, I think Steve Smith, as the captain... You know, it it is such an important role in our country as a whole. I really hope that he does take some time out, actually leaves the country because everyone's gonna be looking at him and and you know pouring shit on him, and I don't think that's fair. You know, hopefully he gets some time away and a a fair bulk of it, um, and really just kind of gathers himself again because, like I said, he's. He's just about at the prime of his career. He's not even there yet, and we're taking a year away from him um, because of this. I think I think's a bit harsh. Um, as for Bancroft, I mean, the head of the um, WACA was right beside him, and and she was she was incredibly supportive and saying, "Look, you know, he's made a mistake, and we understand that, and but we don't want to lose him to cricket. You know, he we value his character." Um, and before this incident, he's shown absolutely no, um, no possible reason why this is, this is sort of a trend or anything like that. So, um, I, it felt more like a family interview. I honestly thought it was his mum, to be honest, uh, when, when she first came out. So I, I hope they get around him over there in WA. And like I said, I think he's a bit of an institution over there. So I really hope they look after him as well. You know, this is just a young man at the start of his test career, um, who's just, you know, made a bad decision for whatever reason, um, and he's just panicked, and, and it's it's a bit, it's tough. I mean, what do you do? So I hope I hope that, you know, everyone gets around these players um, because they have shown genuine remorse, and, and I know that they're hurting, and the country is hurting, but those conferences were the start of trying to move on. Um, now... Just a quick tidbit, um, Warner did address the media last night, um, and a lot of people, are, I think, are reading into the fact that he hasn't spoken while uh, Smith and Bancroft have spoken. I think there's a couple of reasons why. The first one, he's got two kids, and I think it was, I don't want to say strategic, because I don't want to you to expose somebody's kids. Um, you know, that can't defend themselves. But I think it may, there may have been an, an ounce of strategy to the fact that he's come out to the press conference with his wife and his kids. He's got a family, and I'm not saying that just because he has a family doesn't mean he can't own up to um, what he has done. Um, but, 
you know, I look, it would have been hard to do that interview with, with the kids and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just because, you know, Warner's got that reputation. I think he's being heaped on a little bit. And you know what? Fair call because, you know, he is the bull. And even in this series, we've seen him absolutely just go off his nut. Um, so, you know, it's it would have been it would have been the most interesting out of the three because I don't know if we would have seen the emotion or we would have seen him just absolutely just go off at everyone or anything like that. So it's not the worst that he can take a couple of days to just relax and and do up a proper statement. Um, and he may not field questions, who knows? Um, but one thing is for sure. And it was touched on by a lot of news agencies um, after, when I watched the analysis of the um, press conferences. You know, the media knows where these people live. And they're going to be outside his house 24-7, hounding with questions. If, if him or his wife needs to go out and get a bottle of milk, they're going to be hounded with dozens of cameras and microphones saying, when are you going to make a statement, when are you going to make a statement? To me, that sort of adds the pressure on it. Would have just been best to, you know, kind of nip it in the butt straight up and then use what Bancroft and Smith have done, that, you know, huge policy, uh, apology, sorry, and just being able to move on and, and leave it at that. Because I think that press conference is the point in which the media will stop this insane sort of hounding um and then, you know, let them try and move on because this is a very delicate situation. Now, the untold story. The future of the Australian cricket team. Well, I mean, in all of this, in everything that's been lost, we have a new Australian cricket captain. And this bloke's been to Bock Bock Rodham, sorry, Rock Bottom. It's early in the morning, guys. Give me a break. Rock bottom, but in a different sense uh, than Smith and Bancroft and Warner. You know, Tim Payne was a guy who was earmarked and groomed to, you know, take over the gloves from Adam Gilchrist. It was basically him or Haddon. And uh, just the countless finger injuries. And I believe it was in some sort of charity match. It wasn't even in a game, uh, which just makes it even more heartbreaking for him. You know, it crippled his career. I think he's <clears throat> over a dozen surgeries on a on a finger, something that he needs for his own livelihood. You know, it just crippled him. And and it, and honestly, uh, a lesser man would have quit and moved on from cricket, I think. Um, but, you know, he stuck with it. And that's true testament to him. He never gave up. He's He has played some white ball in between. Um, but even just six months ago, he was not even the wicket keeper for his own state side. And now he's the test captain of Australia. You know, the only thing I can kind of relate it to is, uh, you know, is the rise and of Stephen Bradbury. And a lot of people have said, oh, it's by accident. But, you know, Tim Payne's the consummate pro. Like, he, he is a professional. He's stuck at it through thick and thin. And, and I think he's a captain that we can be proud of as a country. So I really want... Um, you know, our country to back, get behind not only him, but the entire team. And with our maroon caps on up here in Queensland, it's good to see uh, Renshaw and Burns uh, get rushed into the side. And we did mention that I think if Burns didn't get injured just before the tour, I think he was going to go anyway. Um, but um, 
this is, I mean, they've, they've, they now have an opportunity through, you know, the unfortunate acts of others to solidify themselves as the uh, opening partnership in the country um, or for the country. So a, a, an incredible opportunity for them. And two guys that are just genuine, nice guys, bit of, pardon me, bit of a lar- bit of larrikins, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's good to have those sorts of guys in the team and, um, we're going, we are going to see a shift, uh, in our culture. You know, Warner was always the instigator and the bully and Australia's been obsessed with having one or two players like that in the team who, um, are a bit argy bargy who will push uh the um you know who will push the limits test test the limits of what what they can and can't get away with on the field now i think my opinion of elite athletes has always been i think you need to have you need to be some sort of a shit bloke to get there and that attitude that never say die attitude that i'm never going to give in to you attitude can be translated differently with different players, um, but I really hope that this is now a lesson that, as a country, we don't need to have that that bully or that hired goon uh, in the test side. We can be better than that. Um, we don't need the David Warners or you know people like that. You know Glenn McGraths, the you know the attitudes of those people. Not we you know the the talent is obviously important. But we don't need to be that type of instigator to be successful at this game. And I really hope that, um, you know, the the team moving forward now that Lehman is gone, we'll most likely see Justin Langer move in. Um, you know, the team can come up with a different sort of, not not so much a different angle, but just move forward uh, playing, playing cricket the way it should be played and playing cricket in a way that we can all be proud of um, with, with less polarizing figures. Uh, in the team. So, um, just before I wrap it up, I'll just kind of give you my entire thoughts on the whole thing. I mean, it was just an absolute roller coaster, and everyone was, everyone was riding it. You know, it was shock waking up at six o'clock, um, or getting woken up at six o'clock, saying turn on your TV because shit's just absolutely hit the fan. You know, to anger to say how dare these people. You know do what they did, the the disgust that came with it and saying we've disgraced ourselves as a country. But then reflecting after, you know, the first couple of days, have these penalties gone too far? I think for me, I wouldn't have banned them for a year or nine months. I mean that to me that's just way over the top because particularly for Smith, losing the captaincy and everything that comes with that Losing and the shame that comes with that, and losing the sponsorships, has will be punishment enough. Now he'll lose millions of dollars, and but he may still earn and have the opportunity to earn millions of dollars. And people say, "Oh, it's not that much of a deal," but to me, it, losing the captaincy is just punishment enough. And those things, you know, the we've already seen the the sponsorships fall out, regardless of what the penalty was going to be. In my opinion, so. That was enough for me. I like obviously caught the ban. If he did, if they said no, nah, you're not going to play the, these little bullshit one days. That's fine, and then you can come back for the Australian summer, just not as captain. I I think that would have been sufficient enough. But I think again, it was the overcorrection from um, Cricket Australia 
under siege. Um, Bancroft, I don't know. I feel, I, f- I feel a little bit different. Everyone feels sorry for him, and I feel sorry for him. But at the same time, he is a grown man and uh, can make his own decisions. So, you know, I think again, it was just like have a break until the summer kind of thing, and then come back. Um, but for Warner, the the jury is still out because, you know, there's a lot of rumors circulating. Um, you know, within the ranks, and I think. We may have seen David uh, the last time David Warner's ever worn the baggy green cap, but that doesn't mean he can't make a living out of cricket, and people may disagree with that. But there's no stopping him, in my personal opinion, from being a gun for hire and going and playing T Twenty competitions around the world and making a living from cricket. I think that's my tip for what he might do. I. I think Justin Langer, who's most likely going to be the coach, would like to s- stick with um, Smith. Uh, Smith would stick with Renshaw and Burns at the top of the order, at least in the interim, while these sanctions are being handed out. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I don't see how Warner gets back into the side even after it. I think Australia might use that time to sort of move on and, and come up with this new identity of just not being shit blokes. Um, because we don't need it to be successful. So, um, the jury's still out on Warner. We all wait with great anticipation to hear what he has to say. Um, so, and what one thing I do want to address, or two things I, I do want to address, um, at the time of this recording this morning, which is Friday morning, the CA punishments aren't actually set. These are offers. And the reason why they're not actually set is because there's a lot of factors at stake. We had the whole fiasco with the collective bargaining agreement. There's a lot of financial issues. Are they are they going to take leave without pay? Are they going to be suspended without pay? You know, all these sort of stuff. These other legal issues of if one person if one person blows up and says, "Well, it's actually him. It's not me. I don't need to be suspended for this long." Blah blah. blah. Um, so I think this could get ugly, but. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be... They could drag it out and make it awful, but I think they'll fall on their swords and cop it on the chin. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but it might just be the best thing for Australian cricket if they do if they do take um, the the 12-month offer. But I do hope they, you know, still get paid to some description. I mean, I because I personally think it's it's just too much of a penalty. But... One thing I would want to see if they do keep their 12 and 9 month bans is I want to see them pay their dues to cricket. Now, I don't mean they have to be, you know, stood in a in a field and just hurled abuse from fans around the country. I want to see them go to grassroots cricket. I want to see them contribute to the game in other ways that they haven't been able to before. I think it's important that we actually look after these people and I think cricket can be part of the healing process. So things like sporting clinics, um, country fundraisers and lunches, stuff like that, I think would be an incredible way they could spend their time once they've had time to just sort of let the dust settle and come back into it. Because if it's one thing, uh, sorry, if there's one thing that needs some urgent action, it's the state of grassroots and grade cricket at the moment. So I really hope that they are able to stay in the game and I hope that this country can use these you know incredible people to um be part of be part of grassroots cricket and be part of the change and i actually think they w- 
will want to be part of the change. So I really hope that we can get around them as we move forward from this incident. Now, one one thing that um, really resonated with me, and I've kind of touched it on a little bit, is something Steve Smith said. He said, if there's any good that can come from this, it is that we can use this incident as a force for change. Um, that That was massive. I think he knows that things need well it, it's obvious that things need to change and that we can collectively use this incident um to make ourselves better and not only as as um a cricketing an Australian cricket team but as as people because this this story has captivated a country and we as a country have to move forward together whether that is that statement is right or wrong that's the outcry and the outrage and the talk and all that sort of stuff demonstrates to me that this is the number one issue in this country at the moment. Whether people agree or disagree with that statement, and there are a lot of things going on you know, here and around the world that are a lot worse than a bloke putting sandpaper onto a cricket ball, this story is number one in this country. So I really hope that people take on board what you know, um, Steve Smith has said, and, and use this as a force for change, allow these players time to heal um, in in private. And I really do hope that, you know, Smith actually gets himself out of the country and out of the bubble for a while and just, just you know, is able to find some center. But um, the last part I'll leave you with is that this team needs our support more than ever. We as a nation need to get behind this new era moving forward and after everything that's happened this week it's the least we can do for players like Tim Payne and um, Matty Renshaw and Joe Burns and the people caught in between so please do not give up on this team we as a nation need to back these players this is going to be a new team this is going to be a new culture so I really hope that everyone continues to support cricket um, the way it should be supported. So that that wraps up my sort of analysis of the whole incident. I do apologize. It is a bit of a longer episode, um, but it just covers everything. So I think we can move on and put it to bed. Um, also, I hope everyone has a wonderful uh, long weekend. And a big shout out to our friends out in Roma in Western Queensland. They're getting back uh, together for um, their Backyard Cricket Association meeting um, today, which is Good Friday. So um, if you want to check them out, they're on Facebook. They're under the BCA. Um, and I believe they'll show some live streaming. So if you're a little bit bored, um, have a look at what goes on out, out in the country because we are a cricketing nation and the BCA, uh, we've spoken about them quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, they are the epitome of, of how much um, this game means to our country. So um, get around them. Now make sure you continue to um, you know like and subscribe the podcast on iTunes or wherever you like to uh, listen to your podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback and support. Um, all the feedback and the comments have been great. Um, so we'd like to keep keep going with that, and we'll try to um, you know try to engage our our listeners as much as we can. Um, so that's it for now. Have a wonderful long weekend, and this has been Morning Woods.